More Than a Masters podcast, your whole main, of course. I like this song. Sing it. Through all my challenges. All of them. Police in my window. My baby has never turned on me. Nope. Handpicked. Hey, it's kind of smooth. Not me. Not, I'm not smooth, but not singing. But this is a smooth track. Say what you want to say about him, but this is a good. This is a good remake, man. I'm fucking with it. I like it. Ooh, this shit hard. Who would have thought I I like it. Morning Masters podcast, by the way. Hey, it's kind of smooth. It's real smooth. I'm liking this. Let it ride out for a minute. Let it ride for a minute. Let it ride. Let's make some Make some more love. The first time wasn't enough for me. Is it ever? Is it ever? It's only the two of us. Let's play out of fantasies. Okay. I'm liking this, man. Mortal Masters podcast. Your host, main, of course. Just setting the mood off, mellow mood. I don't have no mellow topics though. They out to get us, man. The world is sensitive. Even Christmas carols, ain't, even Christmas carols ain't safe. Who would have thought? Kev. Who would have thought they get you? Let me stop bullshitting. <laughs> Don't you like when I come around? You like when I come Do you like it? Don't you like when I come around? Hey, do you like it? Don't you like when I come around? I like this joint. It's a smooth. All right. One Masters podcast. Turn it off, turn it off. Or fade it out. One, turn it off. Um, we got some topics to talk about this week. So I want to start off by saying I uh, hope everybody having a good Monday, good week, uh, good uh, holiday time. This is holiday time, so check on your loved ones, uh, people that you don't think are going through things. You know, people you know experience a lot of things around holiday time with this. Uh, people not being here, uh, depression, um, not being able to do things they want to do for their for their uh, children's uh, significant others, family members, whatever the case may have you. Um, holidays are good times and bad times for some people, so make sure you check on anybody. I want to also say before I start, uh, if you know if you have a code or anything you want to donate, please uh, email me at moreTTmasters at gmail dot com, or you can hit me up via text, uh, you know, Snapchat, Facebook. Twitter, um, whatever, uh, whatever handle you have of mine, um, I'm accepting coats because I'm trying to help uh, band the sisters. They got a coat drive, so uh, shout out to them, of course. So if you know anybody that 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 has a coat or your job has lost and found full of coats, I know my job for some reason we got like a lot of canes for some reason. So like, I'm assuming people come in not not able to walk, and then they they shop and then they can walk to the car. Like I don't know how that works, but they leave their cane, so it happens. Um, so I definitely want to say, you know, if you know anybody that got coats or just too many coats, go take one from their closet. They won't know, and then, you know, hand it to me, and uh, we can give it to less fortunate or somebody that really, really, really needs a coat in this cold weather. Definitely down here in the south right now. It's kind of cold, to be honest with you. Um, so I want to say that. Shout out to everybody listening to last week's episode, which was the peak spot. I was trying to have my December be where I didn't really, or at least a month where I wasn't doing my episodes alone. I, I got into the habit of not really even searching for guests because I, I, I be having so many requests for guests now. It's like I have to kind of narrow it down or make sure the time is right. I want to have 
uh, rapper after rapper after rapper after rapper, which is a lot of rappers, they want to get interviews. It's cool. I don't mind doing it, but I don't want to have seven back-to-back podcasts with just straight rappers. I feel like I'll lose the audience doing that. Um, so I do have to balance it out. And I didn't want to have seven back-to-back podcasts, but it's just me talking only because that's not the goal of more of the masters. I'm trying to, you know, just showcase other talents or businesses or anything that's involving with Augusta to show that Augusta is more than just, uh, you know, that, that tournament that comes around once a year in April. So um, with that being said, shout-out to everybody listening to the Peak Spot episode. I thought it was a good episode. I didn't know truths. Um, and... I've gotten great feedback from it. Uh, I'm going to read one of them, but I've gotten great, great feedback from that episode. So shout out to them. People ask me for links to episodes so they can see the peak spot. That was dope. That's, that's, that's really all I do it for, really. I try to, you know, highlight certain talents and certain art, certain artists. And my goal is for people to be so uh, happy with the interview or so inter- interested with the interview that they end up asking me, you know, it's for, for, for links or end up asking me or end up following that particular person or, 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 you know, just supporting that particular person, that particular person's art, whether it's acting or, or, or music or, or, or filming, you know, skits, uh, whatever, whatever art it is. Um, or there's a, even if it's a business, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's the whole goal of, uh, more than a master. So shout out to y'all for actually doing that and making me feel like I did a good job with the interview. And, um, just continue to support, you know what I'm saying? I'm reading, read, read one comment. I'm gonna read one. I, I mean, I got other comments. I don't get as many as I used to. I know why, because I, you know, I kind of, uh, well, I don't want to get into that. But, uh, so I'll say this I said the peak spot episode. Uh, first off, do I need to have the actual SoundCloud app to see this video y'all speaking on to see the link that you said you were going to post? Because I want to see. This was a dope episode for real, and I felt it was very inspirational, motivational, with y'all probably not even knowing or realizing it was. Y'all made very good and valid points, especially when it sparked the convo after Trues went into why he kind of stopped with the music. It's totally understandable, and it comes just and it comes times where you just got to take a break. Like you said, just try a different avenue, I guess. Makes sense. And just a thought while I'm listening. I'm sure you're not majority of the time, but... Are you ever just nervous or whatever, meeting new people from different platforms like the one, in, like someone in music or someone like April Hill or even doing the same thing you're doing? Or is it something that you're just accustomed to? I ask because you don't even know truths, I'm assuming, before the podcast, and y'all niggas chopping it up like you don't, like you know him for a long time. <laughs> I think it would be nice if you get him to rap on future podcasts over an old school beat. Do that definitely. But no, it's really cool. I was laughing. You gotta stop coming for you know like you was. <laughs> you gotta put that song I made in the podcast. Side note. Yeah, Apple and Peach would have definitely been corny. More than a master's and perfect. But that's exactly what it is. Okay, um shout out, you know, thank 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 you for the, the feedback. I always love feedback because to me it just it's like it tells me it's almost like a review. You know, you can go shop in the store and they like you spending money and that third. But when you give them a review, basically a good review, it's like uh, you know, it's it's a different type of feeling that somebody did something they had to do. Cause you can listen to it and just go about their day. You can listen to it and just not say anything to me. But to listen to it and then give me feedback, I appreciate all of it. You know, what I'm saying every time, every time, even if I don't get to read it on an episode or if I don't read it on an episode or but you can I don't respond in time. Like I appreciate it. Trust me, I, I listened, I watched it, I listened, I read it, and I love it. So um to answer these questions though on the on that particular comment, not really. I don't I don't actually get nervous uh or, or nothing like that. No I, I have I ever I don't get nervous. I would say I get anxious. And what I mean by that is when I set up a, 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 a person to have on a podcast, whether it's an interview form, whether we just kicking the shit and we're going to talk about different topics, um, I anticipate it of how I think it's going to go, like, all day. You know what I'm saying? Or if I, if I'm, if I, even if I book it uh, hours beforehand, I'm anticipating it. I'm never really nervous because I'm confident in, in, in what, I, what, I, what I'm doing for it to be interesting. I'm confident that it's going to spark interest. I'm going to try to spark it some kind of way. Um, even when I just did 520 Radio and I I, I helped them um, interview some people. The day before I had an interview, 
um, the people I interviewed, they asked me to come up with questions. So I did that. I was never nervous, and I don't know none of the people there. You know what I'm saying? It's all on film. Um, it's, this is real radio. Like, I'm not nervous. I, I feel like I'm confident enough. And it's not a cocky confidence. It's just like I'm confident enough to know that um, I'm going to have some kind of interest and take on something. You know what I'm saying? And I, I credit that to just people I be around on a daily basis or on, on a weekly basis. And that's like either whether I'm working with you, whether we just cool. Um, you know, I, I, I've, I've, I've been known to, to spark, you know, interesting debates or just topics, um, you know, stuff like that. So to answer the question, not really. When I met April Hill, which is the one I did on um, on de- depression and, and suicide, um, I wasn't nervous at all. You know what I'm saying? I, I was anxious to... I'm always anxious to put out good material, man. That's that's the thing. It is like I just want to put out something good. So I'm anxious because in the, I'm 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 thinking about it, you know, ahead of time. When I get there, um, then then when I talk to the person, things might change. Like, oh, this person is is cool, or this person, then they feel like they they might be hard to get certain things. That's I might ask questions in a different kind of way. Like I'm always plotting and and kind of um, planning on which ways I'm gonna ask certain questions or something like that. So. I, to me, it's more. It's, it's like it's like a basketball player. You know what I'm saying? To me, like when you're playing basketball, you never your opponent could be better than you, but you're not really so quote unquote scared to play that person or scared to go against the person. But you just kind of rise into the occasion and to the opportunity to prove that you're better or to prove yourself to yourself or just to sharpen your your, your sword. Or you know what I'm saying? And that's how I look at it. You know what I'm saying? I listen to other podcasts in the city, all the shows in the city, and Sometimes that motivates me, so I, I don't have time to be to be nervous when I might have uh, Ken from Making a Difference put out two, ep, two put out two podcasts in that same week. I'm putting out one out. I need to make sure I'm on my A game before he blow me out the damn water. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, you know you competing with. Now I'm not even saying competing, but you know you working to for the greater for the greater of the city of putting out good content. So that's that's what I'm trying to do. So I don't think of it like that. And I think people that listen to my podcast go and listen regardless. Like, you build a fan base. So my fan base, I don't want to be nervous. I feel like me doing that will be a disservice to my fan my fan base or listeners. So what I try to do is I just want to be great. I want to be good. I want to put out great material. I want to be able to, people that stop me and be like, yo, I listened, to, I listened to part of this episode. I listened to this full episode. It was dope. Or get, like, feedback I just read. I would love waking up to those all the time, if I could, you know what I'm saying? Like, whether it's email, whether it's text, whether it's Snap, whether it's on Facebook, somebody sharing a link. And I've seen people share links and not even, not even really tag me, but actually, you know, put their own two cents when they share the link. And I, that's, I, I, I'll accept that, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, it's never uh, uh, something I'm not, I'm not going to accept. I mean, just make sure, as long as I can see it, you know what I'm saying? That's cool. Like, I can't see that if you don't, you don't show it to me, you know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, so to answer the question, no, I'm never nervous. Just always anxious because I always want to put out good material, and I want episodes to be great. I want to get better and better every time I interview somebody. I want it to be where you don't, even if you don't know the person, you feel like you know them when, they, when we done interviewing. I want to get personal. I want to get their their look to things, their their opinions on certain things. Because you might even like somebody. Not like yeah, like even let's take last episode to do trues or Raynard. People might think right now I'm not funny for some reason, right? But me and him going back and forth, it's a funny vibe, funny feeling, cool. Or it may, they might think right now is real funny. And since and and how we go in an episode, I'm getting on him and joking on him. Now you're like, oh, Maine is real funny because you think right now I'm funny. I'm making you laugh. Now you're thinking I'm funny. So it's like it's, it's it, all that plays in in in, in uh, into effect when I'm recording and when I'm doing these podcasts. And that's why I always tell people it's good to write notes down. It's good to to you know, have a, a pen pad or a notepad. I learned that from Ken for making a difference. Honestly, when you interview with somebody, because you write stuff down, you, you know what I'm saying. You want to learn. You don't be too in the moment. You know what I'm saying. That's 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 what make a good podcast. Sometimes you're in the moment, and you you know, you let things coast. So, to me, I with April Hill with with with, with last week, I even know truths. We spoke like we knew each other because the vibe was just there. I'm here to have a good podcast. I'm here to. I try to take account for people that are listening. Like even right now, I'm taking account that uh, I'm it's four minutes, fourteen minutes in. I haven't got to no topics yet, but I'm answering this question. So at this point, I know y'all feel like it's personalized. You know what I'm saying? If whoever sent me the comment, uh, if they listening right now, 
they like the they like the longevity of the answer. You know, I feel like I'm taking the comment or the the feedback I got seriously, which I do. So I'm taking that into account all while thinking about how I'm gonna segue into the topics I want to talk about this, that, and third. So it's like a it's like a um it's it's strategic, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I'm never I'm never nervous. I don't think I would ever be nervous to do an interview. I'm always only just anxious to see how it's gonna play out. And that can be a good and bad because I could think it's going to play out real good and it might just be subpar. I have half podcasts where I feel like the first half is kind of weak, but the second half is real good or vice versa. So it's always just an anxious thing. Um, no, 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 no genuine here. You know, I love so anxious. Yeah, I know genuine. Uh, it's my first album I got. But yeah, I'm always just anxious to to perform. You know what I'm saying? Um it's like it's with anything, you know. No, this is not even no pun intended. But even when like if it's a, even if it's a sexual thing, like it's never, never, ever, uh, ain't never ever nervous. Not nervous to have sex. Nervous, but you anxious to to see. You know, what I'm saying like, damn, I gonna last. Am I, you know, I'm gonna put it down. It's always anxious. It's never, it's never um a nervous thing. You know, what I'm saying I get anxious because of what I'm thinking is gonna how it's gonna play out versus how it may play out or how it's playing out, which can be better than what I think. Or worse than what I think. So, um, hopefully that answered the question. So, um, but shout out to everybody that's in the last week episode. It did good, and I appreciate that. Make sure you go check out Half Hour Black Power on Fire Ice. We will start back top of the year. We both taking a break. We both do other things. So, you want to just play old episodes for the rest of the month and then start back up top of the year. So, make sure you be on the lookout for that. Um, my goal for more than masses, I'm going to just talk to the 20-minute mark and just tell you I was going on before I get into any of my topics. My goal for more of the masters is um I do want to get more back into or back into interviewing more, having more guests on. I still want to do at least one ep- one episode a month where it's just me talking about certain topics. Um, even if I got time, I do it once a week and just put the episodes out too, and just start putting out two podcasts a week. I don't want to overwork myself. I'm all about uh you know uh quality over quantity. So I want to as the the feedback is good. I'll continue to do, you know, whatever y'all want me to do as far as uh, podcast is concerned. Um, but I definitely want to start back interviewing and just highlighting businesses or just even having them come on and kick it with me. Not even interviewing them, but just having them come on and, and kicking it and y'all realizing who they are. But maybe we both just talking about certain topics and it's not an interview format. Like I'm going to get a person that own a business, but talk to them about whatever's going on that week or, you know, whatever topic that I, I choose to talk to them about, and we just kick it and, and talk about topics. But all in all, they still tying it back into their business and stuff like that. So that's what I'm into right now. So hopefully y'all can give me your feedback on that, which I like, um, which I don't like. I think I don't, I don't really put music behind my podcast or my beats. You want to play my music? I, I'll do more like the Anita Baker one I did before when I just played songs. And I made, I think I made, uh, Topics based off the songs that would be in play. So, um, but Anita, you know, that put me in a different mood, man. Anita put me in a different mood. I played Jacquees to start, but Anita, that just, you know, Anita, that, that put me in a different mood, man. You know, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's something about her voice, but, um, so yeah, let's get into it. So, um, I want to talk real quick. Friday, I went to a, uh, event. Shout out to the Blair Brothers. I had them on the podcast. They was on Fire and Ice. They were the last guest of the year. So make sure you go check that out. The Fire, the Fire and Ice episode of the Blair Brothers, I thought it was a great, great episode, a good interview. I feel like I did probably one of my better interviews with Fire and Ice to me. So make sure, make sure y'all go listen to that, please, if y'all have time. Um, Fahim and Neil, two brothers doing positive things in the city. They dope. Um, they also people on a dirty couch. Just dope individuals. But, um... They got this thing they do right now every Friday. It's called Black Men Talk. And basically what it is is the title, like I said, is a bunch of black men. They meet up and they talk about whatever topic it is or just talk. You know what I'm saying? Black men, we don't we don't speak. So just talk. I was I was blessed to have entered the conversation where they were talking about incarceration. And I love those topics because I'm one of the people that look at I'm a criminal I'm a criminal justice major. So my view of the system, I see both sides. I see the side with the, the the paper side where you get your degree from and what they want you to look at. And then I see I know being in the street, I know the streets, I know how that work. Um I know about the the uh dehuman dehumanizing of individuals through the system. I know about all that. So it was dope to have Inmates talking, uh, people that didn't go to jail talk, um, people that had run-ins with 
the law taught but didn't go to jail. People that have relationships with people that went to jail and came back home and seen how they changed. You know, it's like it was so many dynamics that we don't think about. It's so many dynamics we don't think about. So I'm going to touch on those real quick before I continue about that, right? So you got people that have been incarcerated. Um, so they've, they've been inmates, not just jail, but they've done prison time. They've done a bid, what we call it, right? So you got those people. You got people that um, know people that have done a bid, like close. So they knew them before they went in and when they came out. And while they was in there. So, you know, you got those people that's affected by it, which is also a person to be accounted for because they on the outside looking in and they see the change or the transformation or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Then you have people who have run with the law, so they've been to jail a few times, but they never did prison time. So they view it still might be a little different because you're just in jail. You're not really in prison, prison. You know what I'm saying? You've been out a few nights, maybe a few weeks, maybe, you know what I'm saying, month tops, whatever, in and out, cool. Then you have people who never had no run-in with the law whatsoever, never been arrested, never sat in a cell, never uh, sat in the back of a cop car, none of that stuff. You got those people. And then you have people who worked on the opposite side. That people, Maybe they were cops. Maybe they were a CO. Maybe they worked inside the prison. They seen that side of it. So it was so dope for that meeting because I felt like we had every, everything I just named, we had one. And me personally, I'm on the side of, I'm on both. I'm on. I'm actually. I fit a lot of descriptions. Everything but being an actual inmate and be going to jail. I've never been arrested. Never had a cop put handcuffs on me. Make sure I said that right. Um, never, never um, sat in the back of a cop car. Never sat in a cell. Um, I've visited people in jail. Obviously, I, I write people in jail all the time. Um, I'm one of them keeping that when you go down or you, you know, you got to sit down for a minute, you're doing your time. I keep up with you. Like, it's just I, something I always wanted to do. When people go through down times, that's when I be, I be there more. You might feel like be more friends than we are because that's how I am. Like, when you're down, I'm be hitting you up. When you're free, I might not be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? But when you're down, I'm going to hit you up because I just felt, I don't know. It's just, it's just me. I've always been that way since I was like 14. You know what I'm saying? And, um, so I fit that description. I fit the description of, the person who, like I said, the person who didn't, you don't have no running with the law, person who ain't been in jail, person who ain't been arrested, but also person who's connected with the streets in that way. And I also fit the person that's somebody who probably could have been in, in jail for this or that or could have did time for this or could have got caught for this and that. So I, I fit a lot of the, the criteria for some of the things that we was talking about in that particular session. So um, I say that to say that the session was powerful, man. It was real powerful. Um, hearing from an inmate or I say an ex-convict or ex-con and just hearing the speech the slur the 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 improperness of the, the speech somebody who was probably uh institutionalized hearing them talk uh that, that it, it hit me a little bit you know um hearing hearing Somebody who was in there who was young, like he, it was one point to me, and people was like, "Hey, way by over twenty five, right?" And one of the dudes who was the most inspirational dude there to me, well, not, well, not, well yeah, the most inspirational, because I was taken aback by his speech, like how well he talked, how well he was able to control the interview. When I first walked in, the, I'm sorry, how well he was able to control the the room. When I first walked in, he was the guy I'm talking about. I ain't gonna say no names right now, but the guy I'm talking about. He was um, he was the one talking, so I'm thinking he controlling the meeting. But he talked so so well, like he had his notes together. He had all his stuff together. My man was only 23. He did time. I don't know for what, but that I'm, I'm gonna lead up until why how I'm gonna find out. I'll tell you that in a second. But I say that to say I was taken aback. Like whoa, this nigga is 23. Like you know what I'm saying? Like. You don't expect that. And like I said, my favorite speaker is Fred Hampton. And if anybody know who that is from Black Panther Party, um, he's, you know, he's an important important figure. And I, I thought of him when I seen it. Like, yo, this nigga is 23. He was talking like this, talking about that. And just talking about the uh, the dehuman, dehuman, <laughs> I can't, I keep fucking this word up. I ain't editing this either. I'm going to put it out just like this. Cause I feel like y'all yeah, 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 um, relate more when I put it out like this. But the dehuman, I don't know what the word is, man dehumanizing of a, of a person of what the system can do to you and I I say you know for, for me 
I see both sides of it. Obviously, you know, me like I always say, me being Libra, I look at both sides. But that's not unless I don't want to talk about all that right now. The fact of the matter is this. Um, I think it was dope. The event was just dope. I, that's all I wanted to kind of tell you. And I'm going to talk about one of the things that I took from the event, which was uh, self-hate to me. You know what I'm saying? That was a main thing. And I'm going to tell you about the event real quick. So, um, you know, like I said, the dude with the, uh, I'm going to just, I'm a, I'm a, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to call I don't want to give him a name. He texted me today, so I need to just, I need to just check his name real quick. Yeah, I'll be with me real quick. But um, it was a dude, I don't know his name, but he was talking about how when he went to jail, you know, he pretty much was going at it with the Bloods and the Crips, who both were black people in the gang. And he had to fight every day for the first month he was there. For whatever reason, I don't want to get into why he said, I don't know, but for whatever reason, he had to fight every day for the first month he was there. He said the first time his mom came to see him, he had a, um, a, swollen, a swollen eye because he was fighting every day, and multiple times a day. Every day for the first month. I had two fights in the day before. It's tiring when you got real fights. It's tiring. Like, you don't want to fight two times a day. I don't, I, I don't want to fight two times a day. I, was, I even said that at the end. I was like, yo, you fought every day. I applaud you for that because I ain't trying to fight more than once a week. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you fight. You, you feel it the next day. You know what I'm saying? So, I say that to say, you know, he was saying how he was fighting and then, and, and, you know, you know, he had to do it. He had to do what he had to do, and I I respect that. But he also said he, he was, it was just weird to him because he see it in jail. He looking at the white people in jail, and they all sit together. You know, we got the Aryans in jail. They all sit together. Then you got the Hispanics. They all sit together. Got the Mexicans. They all sit together. And they fight. And they all fight together. And here he is fighting his own kind for the whole first month he's in there, right? That was his story. So let's just just remember that. Take that part. So then you have after a while it was a CO in there and he spoke about being a CO. He waited a good minute. I don't know if he I don't know if he waited to see if he was gonna say it or not, but he ended up saying it, you know what I'm saying? And I can tell from his tone and, and the things he said, he's remorseful for when he was a CO for some of the things he did. And I I can only assume that maybe he abuses authority. Right? Maybe he abuses authority. Maybe he um did a few things he's not proud of. And I think listening to the, the first two people's stories, he kind of took from that, like, damn, I really was fucking up. And um, maybe he even abused his authority on his own flesh, not flesh and blood, but his own race, which is black. So I took that. Then I also took the whole dehumanizing of a person, individual, with the first the first ex-con uh, story. And I'm gonna get his let me get his name real quick. I keep saying ex con I'm not, I'm not really feeling that. Um his name is uh Sinclair. Sinclair, shout out to Sinclair. And I'm gonna tell you about Sinclair right right in a minute. So I, I took all of that and then at the end they was like, yo, you ain't say nothing. Uh won't you say something? And <laughs> The dopest thing was like, I feel like what I said to me, I feel like I had an impact on the room because I just broke everything down real quick. Cause I I I take in stuff. I'm just listening, listening, listening. I'm I'm inspired. I'm hurt. I feel for them. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't. I, at the same time, I'm hurt. I feel good because I'm like, damn, I could have been me. You could be in jail. You're not in jail. Just be happy. You never got caught doing this. You didn't do that. I'd be happy. You know, I'm like, yo, I didn't have to go through this. And what I took from it was this: like, it's like it's crazy. Talk about self hate. You got an inmate in there fighting his own people the whole first month he there. You got a CO abusing his own authority on his own people, a black person on his own race. This I'm just tying all the story together, right? Let's say they all for some reason intertwined. Then you got the other guy talking about the demon, demon, dehumin, the dehumanizing of an individual. Why they in the system? Just by certain things, stripping you down. You know what I'm saying? No privacy. This that, and third. Imagine the CEO doing that to you, black. You know what I'm saying? Abusing his authority, black CEO. You got a black inmate. Meanwhile, you fighting black inmates. It's like you in the situation already, and you dealing with that alone. Just being away from family. You know, being incarcerated. You fighting your own people, both gangs. Cause you're gonna join this one and this and that. You fighting your own people. Then you got the damn CO supposed to make sure everything is in order. They abusing their damn authority. They fucking you over. 
they doing this, they doing that, your own people again. And it's like you do develop, I mean, not not saying develop self-hate, but you do think of self-hate like, damn, it's my own people doing this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and hell, ain't, ain't no telling what happened. I don't know why he's in jail. You could have robbed him. I don't know what happened. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to make an assumption. But I say that to say that 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 was powerful to me. Like, that self-hate was really powerful to me because a lot of times being in situations that you never know. You know what I'm saying? Even in the hood or whatever, like, you shouldn't, I always, I always thought that. If you rob somebody, you shouldn't rob your own, your own kind. You should, no, this is not, it's going to sound fucked up, I know, but, like, if you rob, rob go, go rob, don't rob somebody in your name, but rob somebody else somewhere. Like, don't rob your own, like, it's just all that self-hatred. Like, we, 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 and we wonder why black people don't trust each other. Like, we compete with each other so much. For what reason, I don't know, but we go against each other so much. We don't trust each other. I'm not here to preach that we need to do this and do that, but that was just the that was just the topic. And we all we talked about was incarceration. So talking about mass incarceration, that became the topic. We weren't talking about trying to make it in, in, in Hollywood, or we weren't talking about trying to make it in corporate America or trying to be top of the class. This was just mass incarceration. So just imagine when you talk, when you touch on other topics and you bring up other topics or other categories where you could think of self-hate as being... This is just jail. He even talked about how he worked he work on a... on a, He do construction. And even doing construction, the Mexicans, they shop together. They eat lunch together. They live together. You know what I'm saying? Black people, you can't even have our cousin come over because, nah, they talk too much. They're going to tell my business. You know what I'm saying? It's like, ain't nothing wrong with that. It's your house, your rules, you know what I'm saying? But you, you don't really see that Mexicans. Them niggas live in a three-bedroom apartment, 20 niggas or 20 people. I ain't going to say niggas, just 20 people. They ain't saying, ah, uh, nah, uh, Javier talks too much or Jose, his, his feet stink or, you know what I'm saying, whatever. Nah, them niggas making it way. They they love each other. I don't know, I ain't going to say love each other, but they putting the bullshit aside and making the way, stacking that bread. And that's it's just simple as that. It's simple as that. But that was just a topic I wanted to touch on. I thought it was dope. It, it meant a lot to me to go because, you know, like I said, when I was on the listening to the interview we did with the Blair Brothers, they talked about it and they said they wanted me to come. And I'm the type of person, if you invite me to an event, I can come, I can make it. I ain't do nothing. I'm going to try to come. That's my job. My goal is to put people on and just show. And this, even this is like, even though I'm doing this podcast alone, it's myself. I'm talking about an event that I went to in Augusta where I don't know if they have these everywhere else, but they need to have it more often. Like, the black men talk is dope. You know what I'm saying? Need one for kids, need one for teens, need one for everybody. You know what I'm saying? This is just a dope event. I had a good time. It, it was so good. The time was so good that the event was only supposed to be an hour. Uh, started at 7. It ended at 8.40-something. That tell you, even the owner of the, the place we was in, sat down and, and watched and just chill, like, just let us vibe out because that's how good the vibe was. You know what I'm saying? It was just that great. So shout out to the Blair Brothers for having that um that dope, 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 dope-ass event. And so, you know, I got a, a ending story to this. So what touched me the most, I went there and had my brother, um, not my brother's, but my, my South Alabama sweater on, who my brother played for. He played for South Alabama now. Had my South Alabama sweater on. I had my South Alabama hat on. I had um I have no more than a master's apparel. None of that stuff. Didn't bring it up that I do that. Just was chilling and chilling. The dude Sinclair that I said was like really inspirational to me, the young dude, 23. After we gave him about a five, I gave him a five. Like, yo, you know, what I even say yeah, I didn't say nothing. I just gave him a five. He was like, Yo, man, I love your podcast. I was like, oh, where are you? you know, because I, I, I don't know. I'm not knowing that people even know me from the podcast. Like, I don't just automatically assume anybody knows me from this or knows me at all or listens to the podcast at all. He was like, nah, I love it. He mentioned a few of them. That he like, so it was even it, it was even newer ones, like that one that just put out like recently. So that was dope. I'm like, oh, where? I said, but listen, all your side, like, I need you on because I want you to tell your story a little bit more in depth. Because I know it's hard. It was some people there to talk, and everybody went the floor, so you can't just keep talking and talking. But when it's just two people talking back and forth, you're able to put out more and say more because there's less people that want the floor and talk. 
So I was like, yo, um, I need you on. And we changed, we, we, he added me on Facebook that day. We exchanged numbers. And like I said, this is somebody that I didn't even know, but he been following the page, you know, and he, he just, he just liked what I do. And that was dope to me because here he is inspiring me and, you know, making me feel away with his uses of words. His, uh, I'm sorry, with his usage of words and his wisdom, it seemed like, and just what he was talking about. And at the end of it, you know, he like, yo, but I like listening to you though. Like that's just dope. Like that's that's some it's some feelings you just you really can't describe. You know what I'm saying? That's just one of them. Like at that moment, like just even feeling like, like even going home, driving home. You know what I'm saying? You like you just smiling like, yo, I'm really out here. I'm really out here doing this and doing that. Cause I'm not. I'm somebody that don't even talk a lot to people. Well, I, I used to be. I didn't talk to people. You know what I'm saying? Let me just hold on. I'm getting dry mouth real quick. Hold on, let me get some Pepsi. Hold on real quick, y'all. <sighs> yeah. So, excuse me. I get some water, check Pepsi. But yeah, I'm somebody who don't even, I never even did that. I was never really a real social animal like that. So, um, yeah, it was just dope to me. You know what I'm saying? That was dope. And I, I wanted to touch on that first and just give you my rundown before I talk about this Kevin Hart thing. Just because... Yeah, it felt necessary to me. You know what I'm saying? I always try to, you know, highlight anything I'm doing, anything I go to in the city that's dope, whether it's a dope spit event, a, a, a poetry event, uh, a rap, whatever. It don't, it don't matter. If it's dope, I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to share my experience. And that was that. Um, so, yeah, shout out to him. Put the get up this week and do a podcast. So, hopefully, we can do that and hopefully, y'all support it and y'all like it. But that was a dope thing. I went to Friday and I started out to go. I was so tired. I have been up since five in the morning. Ripping and running when I got out of work to my daughter had you know their, their birthday party um Saturday. So once happy birthday, Brooke, happy birthday, Bailey. And um just I just was busy as hell, man. Be honest with you, just just real busy for no reason. I mean not for no reason, but real busy for whatever reason. And um I was tired, almost didn't go, but I ended up going. So So before I get into the Kevin Hart thing or whatever, I do wanna touch on something real quick. Uh I don't mean a person like that. I wanna touch on a topic. Uh, get your mind out of the gutter. Maybe maybe my mom was just there and y'all's wasn't right. But um, now I started off the episode with some Jacquees. Now he earlier I, I sent the video out to my, my man's or whatever, and uh, he said that he was the king of R and B. I'm trying to find it so I can play it for you real quick. Um, okay, here we go. So he said he was the king of R and B. So I want to go to that, that 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 video real quick. Here we go. I just want to let everybody know that I'm the king of R and B right now for this generation. I understand who done came and who done did that and that and that, but now it's my time. Jacquees, the king of R&B. I just heard him say it, and I've, I've been feeling like that. ATL, let's get it. I'm the new king of R&B. All right, so that was my man Jacquees. I'm not going to lie. I be trolling with a lot of his music, right? I, 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 I like his music. I think he got a nice sound. It does get annoying after a while. I do like Trip, and I do like... uh. Get You, which is what I started the podcast off with. I just like those records. Nobody's going to tell me I can't like those records. Uh, I like them. I like good music. Like I don't care how you feel about a particular artist. I like the music. You know what I'm saying? If I listen to it and it sounds dope, I like it. That's just what it is. I know the joke is to not like the man, but he's talented. I can't sing worth a damn. So when somebody can sing, I feel like who am I to to to, to say, you know, this person is, can't sing or this damn third. However, mid podcast, uh, shout out to Cotton Clay, my co-host of Fire Ice. He sent me something. He sent me. Uh, he just tagged me in something on Instagram where Jay Holiday seemed to have said something about it. So I want to play Jay Holiday's real quick, and then I want to. Uh, I'm gonna just go to the Kevin Hart thing. So hold on, real quick. And this is some real shit from my heart. That shit, that bullshit, that man said. There's three kings of R&B. The first one sold 20 million on his first album. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. I'm not ballet, baby. Not with a Gucci jacket Nigga on. I'm not ballet, ballet, baby. Nigga said you had a ballet. <laughs> the second king of R&B is from Chicago. Oh, Kelly. And the third one is from Tappahannock. Chris Brown, I guess. Four and five right here. That's where he lost. Okay, I'm going to stop. That's where he lost me right there. He said four and five right here. Now I don't know who the guy was with him, but that's not even important to me. I like Jay Holiday. I'm not gonna lie, I love Bed. I actually like Jay Holiday. I had his whole first album, um, 
but no, uh, <laughs> no way, shape, or form will I ever, ever put him in this king of R&B category. I love this first album. I was You could ask anybody. I was a big Jay Holiday fan. I still am. Still think music is dope. King worthy? No. I don't think Jacquees is king worthy. I just feel like that's weird as hell to me that he was the one to respond. Like, I don't know who tapped Jay Holiday on the shoulder and said, hey, my man, you hear this man, Jacquees, trying to, trying, to, trying to claim your crown? You know what I'm saying? Like, he responded as if he was Michael Jackson or R. Kelly or Chris Brown. You know what I'm saying? Or somebody that's that's really, you know, or Usher or somebody that's, you know, that's just doing something or the dream. It, I mean, I could, I, could, I feel like I can list a bunch of people before I'm going to list Jay Holiday. I mean, I know people are going to like it because they, dis, they dislike Jacquees. Um, now, if you're saying... King of R&B when your name start with J, then maybe you got some some something y'all can work with there. I don't know, cause I'll probably put Jaheen before both of them two. So I really don't know. I really do not know. Be honest with you. Um, I think Jaheen is probably before both of those guys uh, at this very moment. I, I I can't really. I can't. I don't know. I need. I need to end with some Jaheen. We gonna end the pocket with some Jaheen. We got to now. Um. That was dope. See how I came up with that, um, but yeah. So um, shout out to Jay Holiday. I guess I don't. I don't know. I haven't heard from him in a long time, but I did like his music when he was singing. I guess now he just ballet or, or whatever. But um, yeah. So that was that. So I'm gonna get into the Kevin Hart thing. So let's let's, let's, go, let's go ahead and start that up. So if you uh, haven't been the news and all like that, uh, Kevin Hart he lost his. Uh, gig of hosting the Grammys and also an Academy Awards whatever that is um show <clears throat> apparently he lost it because of digging in the crates once again they dug up some old tweets uh it is believed that he was deleting them and apparently people still had screenshots of them or whatever to have you but the tweets is his and it's from to me a pretty long time ago I seen tweets from 09 2010 uh, mind you, it is 2018 at this point, but these tweets uh, express some what some believe is uh, homophobia. So, it's a, I see a tweet and it says this: "It says I wonder when Kevin Hart is going to delete is going to start deleting his old tweets." Uh, I want to read some of them. It says, um, "Yo, if my son come home and tries to play with my daughter's doll." I'm going to break it over his head and say in my voice, "Stop! That's gay." This is January 2011. I don't, I don't. I, that's just what he said. But I'm, I'm gonna talk about each tweet too, mind you. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do a very breakdown uh, of this. So it says, "Why does at whoever this is profile pic look like a gay billboard for AIDS?" Dot dot dot. Boom. I'm on fire tonight. That was 2010. It says, "Why does blank?" Have so many pictures of me in his phone. What are you, some type of fat fag that takes a pic of small black men all day? At Dwayne D Wade official, you should ask the question like this How many gay men sweat when they wear dress shirts because real men don't? Laugh my ass off, P.S. Fag. That was in 2009. Um, so those are some of the tweets I, I, I'm seeing in articles. It says um, here that somebody wrote a piece documenting Hart's history of anti-gay sentiment, detailing the night school's actor 2010 stand-up. First of all, we're not going we're not going to say Kevin Hart's the night school's actor. That's just weird to say. He's so night school is not a, that big of a movie to say, but whatever. This goes to show you the the the, the, the objective here. They use night school. There's so many other movies you could use or stand-ups you can use, whatever. But it says, he said, uh, one of his biggest fears is his son growing up and being gay. I seen that stand up. It's more to it than him just saying that, but we'll, we'll, we'll run with that for right now. Hart maintained that he wasn't anti-gay and said nothing against gay people, but adding that if he could prevent his son from being gay, he would. Somebody wrote, hiring Hart is an, an wow, hiring Hart is a misstep that highlights how homophobia casual or blatant is still deprioritized in comparison with other discriminatory acts or belief systems so 
Um, I just want to say that this is my thing, right? Since it's Kevin Hart, it, it's it, it's like for me, it's kind of hard because it, it's just <laughs> I want to I don't want to diss him because I like Kevin Hart and I've been to two of his shows, but he came down to Augusta both times. Um, let's just go. Let me just let me backtrack for a minute. Um, let me, let me go to let me go to the tweets because I want to say what I want to say first. When he said, "Yo, if my son come home and try to play in my dollhouse or whatever, my daughter's dollhouse, and I break over his head and say, stop, that's gay. I don't really see the issue with him saying that. I feel like as a parent, if you you have you have goals and things for your child, your children, if you don't want your child to be gay, that's your that's you. You don't want that. The other child grow up to be gay or not. It's not really up to you. You know what I'm saying? But if you just don't want that, that's you and you got the right to express your opinion if you want to I don't think that should cost you your job never do I think that should cost you your job I don't think that that's even a homophobia thing I think that you just don't want your son to be that way you know like I I, I don't think that's I I don't think that's homophobia um people can now I, I could say right now yo I don't want daughters to play basketball when they get older I mean, I dislike basketball. No, I, I just don't want them to play. I have nothing against basketball players or female basketball players. I may just not want my daughters to play basketball. But if I voice that opinion, is that going to be a problem? Is that going to cost me my job later on in life? So that's that's my that's my take on that particular tweet. Um, he says, why does blank profile pic look like a gay billboard for AIDS? Dot, 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 boom, I'm on fire tonight. I'm going to say this. I'm gonna just tell you the context of Twitter when I first started. I started Twitter in 09. I deleted my account at one point and made another one, but I started in 09. I remember with Kevin Hart. I always knew Kevin Hart. So I remember him from 09 or 2010. Every night, everybody, people, whether it was him, they would they would snap on each other back and forth or joke on each other. Or I guess Augusta might say job. I don't know what people say, but they would joke on each other back and forth. These jokes aren't, it's not like he just came out the blue and just said that. They were going back and forth, like just joking on joking on each other. That was how they started. That's how Twitter got popular. These jokes and these these jokes with Kevin Hart versus Marlon Wayans at night, um, sometimes or Kevin Hart versus Sean Wayne. Like it was different uh, people that had that they had joking battles. Fabulous used to do it a lot. Um, Damon Wayans did it a few times. Like it was a bunch of people that did it, and that was and it was a new platform, so people wanted to go and see the jokes, and that's how they, that's how they got they. They branded themselves, you know what I'm saying? So I say that to say that, yeah, looking at the tweet now, it looks a certain way, but we not thinking about the context of that whole night of them tweets for the whole night. You know what I'm saying? Like these was articles that was thought about the next day. Like they was written about, like, oh, Kevin Hart beats Sean beats Marlon Wayne's in the in the joke off on Twitter, whatever, da da da. This is help this helped this come up. People started feeling like he was funny. Like you start joking with people that uh, other people think is funny and you winning. But people forget that They're not putting that in context I'm not here to defend them though. I'm just saying That's just that Um So When you say that The fag word The the, the, the tweet with the fat fag Um It's gonna be taken a certain way In this context now Because we have We have Learned to not use that word Because of How it makes Uh That particular community feel As long with words like Dyke and, and, and Bull Dagger And stuff like that We have learned to use Other words now and we've educated ourselves on using other words that, you know, uh, mean, well, that they take, they don't take a disrespect. That F-bomb is a disrespect word. Obviously, in 2018, where we're not using the word no more, it seems a little, it seems way harsher than it should. Or, I'm sorry, it may seem the same hard, but to the naked eye, to me, like to people like me, that's not in that community, you know what I'm saying? It just seems to be rough at this point because we don't use it no more but in 09 2008 2007 5 4 6 3 2 that was the 90s those that word was being used all the time and it didn't mean that you was gay all the time it just meant that you was punkish or um and punk don't always mean gay it just means like you, you soft like you're not you're not manly you know what i'm saying like you timid that's all um, but yeah, that's that's in, that, in the context of using the word. I can't really defend the word, like I said. Um, but like I said, that was 2009. He tweeted that July 22nd, 2009. That was tweeted. 
I just want to say that Kevin Hart's run kind of goes from 2011, maybe starting like starting to get real big up until now, you know. So six, seven year run. I don't look at the 2018 Kevin Hart as I do the 2009 Kevin Hart, as I do the 2010 Kevin Hart, as I do the 2011 Kevin Hart. Like I just those are two different people to me. He's grown. His brand has grown. His thoughts have changed. His fans have changed, which probably may be a reason why his thoughts have changed. The more people you know, I'm telling you, your opinion will change on everything. I used to... Okay, I, I said earlier, right? I didn't talk, right? I didn't talk. I, I didn't care if I know people like that. But now I do. So I have to talk now. Like, see how that changes, though? Like, I, I didn't. I wouldn't speak and say hi to people. I'm from New York. We don't do that. I came down here. Culture's a little different. I adapted. You start saying hi to people you don't know just to, just just because it's a nice thing to do. You can change the 2005 me is not the 2018 me. Thank God, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what everybody else too. People change, you know what I'm saying? Um, let the whole people be at the whole people, whole people to like this one, like they they only can be that, and that that's corny to me. You know, like. You know how weird that is for me, like my grandma right now. You know what I'm saying? Like she's not the same grandma she was before. She's not the same now. You know what I'm saying? It's clear. But should I hold that against her? Like if she was one way, like if she could cook something so good back five years ago, but maybe she forget the ingredients now. Should I shame her for that? Should I say, nah, I mean, make it this? Like you know what I'm saying? Like she's changed. She's different. People change. People different. You might have said, uh, you might have been on some f somebody campaign before. Like now, nah, fuck that nigga. Fuck that. But today it might not matter to you. You change, like you don't care about that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like how beef get 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 settled sometimes. You know, people have issues with somebody. Time go on. You're not that same person from 2014. You had an issue with this person. 2018 now. You big. You on a bigger and better thing. You probably forgot about it. You changed. It's over. Let it go. So to me, it's like that. I just feel like people can. Now, and I know he's saying that. I'm not. I'm not even gonna play his stuff or. And this stuff, but people can change. He apologized, but I, mean, I want to get to what I want to get to now. I, I explained the tweets. This is what I want to get to. I, he mentioned that he was offered to either apologize for the tweets or they can have to look for new, a new, another host. So he said that in turn, he, he he told him, "Don't worry about it. You know, go look for a new host. I'll just I'm not going. I'm not apologizing." He still apologized. And that's, I, have a, I have an issue with that as well, but we'll get into that. He still apologized afterwards, though, but then he stepped down as the Grammys host, saying that he didn't want to be a distraction. All right, so this leads me to this is my, my one of my main points I want to make when it, in regards to this. Um, we got to stop doing that, like digging up old tweets. That's cool. It's cool and all, but if we're going to do that to, to one person, we got to do it to everybody. We got to be on one accord. You know what I'm saying? Like, I seen Nick Nick Cannon even uh, digging up tweets from other white comedians, and they have no problem with their job. But I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get to that in a second. Um, to me, the reason why I have I have iffy feelings on this, I, I would I would love to see Kevin Hart host the um, Grammys, or I don't know if it was the Grammys or Oscars. It was the Oscars or Grammy. I'm not sure. I ain't even fact checking it because it's, it's late. It's like 12:16 in the morning. I gotta be working at six in the morning, 5:30 in the morning. So I don't have time. I gotta gotta wrap this up. So. Regardless, of that, regardless of whatever, I would love to see Kevin Hart host something. Like I would watch it because he's hosting it, not because I want to see it. So yeah, it's kind of it's kind of hurt, not hurtful, but it's like uh, it's disappointing that he had to step down for this for some old tweets. I see they was last month. I see he was caught on film. You know what I'm saying? Like this is crazy. This is amid him even cheating on his pregnant wife last year on camera. Like I want to get into that. I, I'm, I'm gonna skip all that other shit. I, wanna, I was gonna say. I want to get into that. Uh, I got some notes that I had wrote down. Um, and I, I want to say my, my what I think my tactics is. I'm, I'm gonna start. With, I'm gonna end with these tweets. I'm gonna end with these little last bit of topics and play music. I'm gonna get up out of here. But um, to me, Kevin Hart, like I would say, tap dancing. That's what I look at. That's why I look and I see him doing a little bit sometimes. He has a big audience. He tries to cater to so many people in the audience, so many fans, so many different genres of audience because he's that big of a comedian. 
Um, whereas you have your Cat Williams, your Deja Pels, your whatever. They're going to gonna say what they want to say and say fuck it. They don't care. Right? Kevin Hart, I like that. Um, he's in Hollywood. He's like the, 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 the golden boy right now. He's like... Uh, He's like uh, the, the the what they said the, the gate the gatekeeper. He's like one of the gatekeepers, I guess is what they what they call him. Like you know what I'm saying? Somebody who calls shots or says, "Hey, this person come in, not this person." Da da da. Cool. With come with that comes tap dancing. What I mean by that is the higher power gonna play music, right? They're gonna play this music, and you are gonna dance to it. They in control when that music stops. You know what I'm saying? Um, they're in control of that. If you think you're in control, they feel like you think you're in control, the music stops. If you're getting too big to where they can't control you, the music stops. So you look at Kevin Hart right now. I look at the fact that he's been on top, but having issues with his peers, such as Mike Epps, such as Cat Williams, and other various comedians that he has, you know, been on record going back and forth with for whatever reason, whether he feels like they hate on his success, which is what he always say, or whatever, whatever the issue is, right? There's something there. So I want to paint this picture of why I think this is a tactic, a tactic in my opinion. I'm not being woke, I'm just, just something, something I saw. So I feel like a lot of times Hollywood, or we're just going to say they, they pick one, right? And they make that one feel above or special, you know, above their peers. They pick that one out of a bunch. It's a bunch of black comedians. Let's pick him. Let's pick the short guy. You know what I'm saying? Let's make him feel. Let's, let's, let's make him successful. You know what I'm saying? Get him some. Get him some specials. You know, have sellout shows. Give him these big movies. You know what I'm saying? Give him these keys to these gates. Let him feel like he's 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 doing something. They let that one handle all the issues, problems, backlash from their peers, race. You know what I'm saying? But tell them, you know, you know, you're bigger than them. You're better than them. No, keep acting as such. You're above that. You're not like them, Kevin. You're special. When that one person gets too big, because of you know the confidence that they were given or they were installed by the gate, the person by they, by Hollywood. Um, when they can't control them, they want to say, okay, you know what? He's getting too big. You know what we're gonna do, man? We're gonna show him we're really in charge. The music stops, and then it's, yo, what's good with these tweets from 10 years ago, bro? Yeah, I know I know you were going to do the Grammys, the Oscars, the, the, the Academy Award. Yo, we got to, we can't get that to you now, man. Like, nah, we can't get that to you. Thank you, though. Thank you for all you do, but nah, we can't get that to you. Music stops. They control the music stop, man. That's just that's just what it is. So yeah, and I, I do feel bad, and I I would I would love to see him host it. That's just the sad truth, man. That's just the sad truth. Um, you know, I just say that to say, uh, like I said, if it's true that Kevin Hart had an ultimatum to, to apologize or you know lose the gig, I applaud him for letting you know the gig go. That's a good step because to be honest. They were gonna let him go anyway to me. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like regardless if he apologized or what, they were gonna let him go. No, no, they know what they wanted to do. But if he had apologized, you know what that does? That that gives them control. Like, okay, well he said sorry. But they probably still let him go. Still would have did what they had to do. Or still went another way. Who knows? But at that point they know it's under control. So I applaud him for that, for letting them know, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just step down. Don't worry about it. Grammys or Oscars don't, I, I don't worry about it I'm good I, I don't want to host it Y'all good I don't want to be a distraction Do y'all thing I applaud that But It goes to show you That even some gatekeepers Of Hollywood Are only going to be Looked at As key holders That's it It's nothing else It's nothing else To To To, to say You're a key holder not a gatekeeper, man. You're a key holder. You can lock it, but you're not you're not in control of this. And um Hollywood is just funny to me, man. Hollywood, I'm gonna admit this, Hollywood is funny. Hollywood will tell you this. Hey man, it's okay. You can cheat on your black pregnant wife. It's cool. We got some big movies for you. Don't sweat it. We get you we can give you everything you want. Jurassic Park, you know, Jumanji, Night School, 
get your own company, your own, your own, your own production company. Don't worry about it. It's all good. It is all good. You ain't got nothing to worry about. I promise. Also, Hollywood, you can't host our events with these filthy old tweets. We don't care if you put LOL behind it. We don't care if it was 10 years ago. We don't care if you're a changed person. We don't care if you're not the same Kevin from 10 years. We don't care about that. You can't, you can't host our events with that behavior, man. It's okay if you cheat on your pregnant wife, though, and you get caught on camera. Yeah, that's, a, that's fine. We, we, we got movies lined up for you. It's, it's like, we don't care about them. We don't care about her. It's cool. But the moment you start... The moment you, you, you have these tweets from years ago, you're a different person, different space, different program, different team, different mindset, different account, different fan base, different everything. I know it's all different, but you, you can't host our events being the type of person you used to be. And that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, man. That's just that's just that's just the facts. Like, like I said, I ain't gonna go too deep into it. I promise you I ain't. I ain't going that deep into it. Um But the proof is there. Like that's just it. I feel bad, but sometimes when you tap dance, like I said, when you tap dance like that, that's what happens sometimes. And maybe that's a good thing. Sometimes music gotta stop for you to realize you gotta stop dancing for these niggas or for these people. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you, that's what ha- that's how it has to be. It's almost like a job. Even at a job, you work hard, you busting your ass, you doing this that, and third, but you getting overlooked for positions. You, you you know you can do this job, but 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 they not hiring you for that job. But they want you to do it for the pay that they giving you that moment. But you tap dancing, you trying to you trying to impress the ball, you trying to impress master, you trying to trying to do all the extra stuff. You just and then one day it clicked that you just ain't never gonna get what you think you're gonna get by doing the things you're doing. That music stopped, so you stop dancing. Or you get fired. The music stopped, so you start dancing. Sometimes it can be the best thing to happen to you. So I ain't saying it's that far for Kev. I feel like he's still gonna be the man, you know, still the man right now. It's just, it's, it's, it's just something like he'll overcome it, you know what I'm saying? But it goes to show you that when you think you're in control of some things, you're not really in control of some things. I don't care what keys you hold. Because trust me, if it was that easy to get them keys to the gates, <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't getting told that, man. But I say this, I say that to say this, man. It's, that's just how it goes sometimes, man. Um, it's a story of OJ. No matter what, no matter what, in the day, your skin complexion is your skin complexion. It's always going to be some form of um, disparity. And it's, it's, it's really nothing else to say. I do want to say this, though. I've seen some tweets from... Sarah Silverman She said I don't mean this in a hateful way But The new Bachelorette's a faggot This was 2010 June 25th I'm sorry May 25th 2010 I never heard anything About losing her job No no, nobody Even though these tweets Is digging up They ain't said nothing about it yet Amy Schumer 2012 Enjoy Skyfall fags I'm about to get Knee deep in Helen Hunt The Sessions Whatever that means, I don't know some white stuff, but that's the f bomb. I don't see her her breath stopping at any for nothing. Chelsea Handler says this is what a fag bird looks like when he flexes. 2010. I don't see their breath stopping. These are all white comedians said the same thing. Morning Masters podcast, man. Take me out, Jahi.
can get you anything is ridiculous. But anything you ask, it's anywhere near my grasp. Sure. No, I don't got fancy cars or diamond rings. Lord knows I will if I make you with the singing thing. Hold on, have faith in me. Cause anything I have is yours. Baby, 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 you can help. 